Yo MTG Taps is sponsored by LegitMTG.com. Strategy, streams, and singles, LegitMTG has it all. Oh yeah, and now us. So check us out every Friday on LegitMTG.com and stop back every weekday for more great Magic the Gathering content and product. I wonder who my competition tonight gonna be. I know it ain't gonna be nobody up in here. Stay up in here. Stay up in here. Magnetic. F14. W. Organized campaign, I'm on my third route The album just dropped, I'm trying to get the word out Superhero theme music, Ron Sleep, walking, snoring The less rails for what was recorded My first stop was Sway in the morning Was written by Heather B. Toto was a fan since the real world on MTV now I MC, five fingers of death, couldn't chin check me Not before I had to get balls right, rehearsing Was asked about my upbringing, how long I've been working And Sway's hair rap, little bigger hand person Was rhyming like it was a wake up show Homie tough, I got raps for days Gotta say something for Tony Touch My phone is gone, sorry, I can't talk right now I'm busy, traveling, making my rounds I sat down next on the schedule was static selector, show already, yo Hey everybody, welcome back to Yo M TG Taps. I'm Big Head Joe. I'm joined by Jeff Zandy this week, although not right now. I'm recording this introduction by myself. Jeff and I recorded last night at about 4 a.m. driving back from his house after a long night of drafts and discussion about the new Star Wars movie that's coming out uh, next month. So it was a pretty excellent talk if you ask me we talked about our experiences at the invitational qualifier slash gpt which wizards has taken away that once excellent distinction we can no longer schedule those after the ones that are already scheduled which totally sucks because it was really nice having multiple things at stake and multiple qualifications at stake and being able to put all that under one umbrella was awesome. So slops to Wizards for that just to start our entire conversation today. I want to also just quickly say that starting with this weekend, based on the conversation you're about to hear, my stream is changing to be all sealed deck all the time because there is no other way to get the reps so after discussing it with him and trying to figure out why can't we crack this code you know i think the best way to do that is to change the stream to just be sealed so that's what i'm going to do so if you want to see some great sealed deck play every week you can join me on head games with Big Head Joe every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash legitmtg. Now, of course, if there is a qualifier or something I'm playing in and it requires me to play constructed or something to that effect, I will definitely play a different format. But ideally, we're just going to be playing sealed. We're going to be grinding sealed on moto because that's what needs to happen. I'm, I'm grinding drafts every Tuesday now. So I don't necessarily need that experience because I'm doing that in paper. And there's not really any opportunity to do sealed in paper anymore. So 
that's going to be my shift, and that's the focus that I'm going to be taking with the stream. We genuinely feel that limited magic is a vital part of magic, and we believe that there is a war against sealed, trying to prevent it from being a competitive format. There's very little support for it anymore. Wizards is making it impossible for stores to profitably run these events, especially at the competitive level. And we need to fight back. We need to make sure that Wizards knows that Sealed Deck is an important part of Magic for one and is an important part of how we enjoy Magic for two. I think that if you really want to have more competitive limited in your area, make sure you talk to your TO, make sure you write to Wizards, comment to them on Twitter, write to your favorite content sites and demand more limited talk. I mean, I've even heard of websites rejecting article ideas strictly based on the fact that they weren't about constructed. Because sealed deck and limited articles don't sell magic cards now that's great and all i know that websites are in the business of selling cards because how else are supposed to pay their content providers or do whatever it is that they want to do or keep the lights on or whatever but limited content is vital to our experience and to gaining experience as magic players, as much as I love limited resources, we shouldn't be content with them being the only, I mean, they're one of the only podcasting sources for limited magic. And we shouldn't be content with just settling for that. There should be more perspectives presented. There should be more articles, more limited streams. There should be more limited podcasts. If you love limited and you've been thinking the same thing, start a limited podcast. I mean, everyone else is starting podcasts. Why don't you start one too? So, you know, I don't know. It's just something that we really feel is important. We talked about our experience in the event this weekend. And then we also talked about how upsetting it is for us as two limited guys, how upsetting it is to see sealed starting to, fade away a little bit in the competitive scene it's a shame and it needs to change so that's the main topic today i hope you enjoy the listen and if for some reason you fall asleep before the end of the show i'll tell you this right now we are not doing an episode next week there will be no episode because it's the holiday weekend this weekend so there's not going to be anything to talk about magic wise or at least i'm not going to be paying attention to magic no reason to force content. So we're not going to do one. We're going to have episodes on the 11th and the 18th. And then that's it for the month of of December. That's it. We're not because the next two Fridays are Christmas Day and New Year's Day. And rather than move again, I just always feel like December we're really stretched thin content wise. So rather than force something we're going to take a much-needed holiday break. I will be doing my stream every Sunday still, regardless of the holiday season. I will be streaming. 
we are going to resume normal weekly content again on January 8th. So look forward to that. We'll be back. Steven should be back from his crazy road trip. And we'll be back to our normal schedule of hating standard and all of that good stuff. So anyway, here you go. If you enjoy the ramblings of two grumpy old men at four in the morning, this is the show for you. So check it out and enjoy, and we will see you in two weeks. All right, so it's four in the morning. I'm driving back from... Uh, Texas Guild Mage meeting number... 930. 930. Um, this is me and Jeff Zandy. Uh, as I probably told you in a little pre-recorded intro thing there. Um, just did some draft. And the main thing we want to talk about, though, is the sealed event from this past weekend, which we both completely bombed out of, right? True. Yeah. One and two. Yeah, one and two for him, and at least he got some Planeswalker points out of the deal. I was 0 and 2 and dropped very unceremoniously. It was nuts, because for me, like, I really felt like my pool was something like a, I don't know, 7 or 8 out of 10. Like, it really felt like a great pool. And I don't know. I just panicked. I couldn't decide on a deck. And at the end of, there was about three minutes left in registration. I was like, screw this. I just started picking up cards off the, off the ground or started picking up cards and, and registering them. But what, some crazy three, four color thing? It was three colors. Uh, it was uh, like Sultai colors. Um, I can't remember like what the base color was. I really was trying to go in so many different directions, I felt. Yeah. Because... All the synergies. Yeah, well, because I had Kiora. That's awesome. I had a lot of really good... So then I had uh, uh, Drowner of Hope. Right. And that's a really solid bomb. So you feel like, okay, I got a ram green in with whatever else. But then, but yeah, but then I also had like three swarm surges. I hate swarm surges. I don't know why I tried playing swarm surge. I had three swarm surges. If I wanted to play a swarm surge deck, why didn't I run all three swarm surges? Why did I put two in the deck and leave one in the sideboard? More importantly, if I'm playing black anything, Mm -hmm. Why did I go to sideboard after game one in round one and find a complete disregard in my sideboard? All right, well, the good news is is that you found a quality card that was worth sideboarding. That's good news. Yeah, right. But why isn't it in your deck? (laughs) Well, the reason why is because when we got to about three minutes left in deck construction, I started picking up cards and registering them. And when I got to 22, I stopped. And then I registered lands. That's all, that's all it was. It was, like, it was like 22 cards. Here it is. And also in my token strike, because I had uh, two of the, um, I can't remember the name of it, 
make two uh, scions for green and two. Green and two, right? Yeah, I had two of those. I had, I want to say I had like an eyeless watcher or something. I want to say I had a brood monitor, maybe. You did. Okay. And, and like two swarm surges. So I go to sideboard, and in addition to finding the, um, complete disregard. Yeah, I found a from beyond. In my sideboard, I was yeah, like, "Oh, that rare goes in that deck." Okay, yeah, wow, all right. Um, my my blue was just like such a solid devoid strategy. That's the other problem. Was my blue was just like down the curve, like devoid, devoid, devoid. It was just like real solid incubator drone, sky spawner, like just basically everything you'd want to see. Uh, but in, somehow the. The uh, raised skirt and uplifted leg of red had pulled you in somehow. No, no red. Oh, no red. It was black. It was the the black. It was the black because I had complete disregard. (laughs) Blue, black, green. Yeah. It was the complete disregard that I didn't even put in my deck. And uh, the swarm surges. What am I thinking? Why am I running swarm surge? I hate swarm surge. But then, I, but then I was like, well, if I don't play Swarm Surge, then I don't want to play any of these cards that make tokens. And I didn't really have a ramp strategy. Like, I had a Kozilek's Channeler, and then I had, like, a Scour from Existence. It was, like, the only, like, colorless top-end stuff. Not really anything worth ramping into. So, having the spawn. But what you're not telling me about, about this pool that's supposed to be a 7 or an 8, uh-huh. is... Uh, is high level rares. I mean, Drowner Kiora, of Hope. Kiora. Oh, Drowner of Hope. I'll do Drowner like of, of Hope. Kiora. I had a Wind Rider Patrol in blue. That's another reason why I was in blue. Practically a rare. Practically a rare. Um, I think I had an Ugin's Insight, which wasn't in the deck. So <laughs> there you go. Yep, that was my first pick in our team draft just now. Yeah. <laughs> Very Did, important. Didn't make my deck. There was just... I don't know. Um, I think there was a Coastal Discovery. It's a good card. There's just a lot of really good cards. And, and the green felt good. I don't know. It was, it was... I think there was two unnatural aggressions, which is okay removal. Not the best, but okay. And I don't know. Like, just looking at the pool, I was like, yeah, yeah. This is it. This is going to do it. We're going to get there with this, and then I I wouldn't call it an obvious pool where it's, oh, here's a dragon, and here's a fireball, and... Right, well, it wasn't obvious. That was the thing that made me not build the deck, you know? Right, what I'm just saying is, it's not... When you told me, you know, that you just had totally misplayed, misbuilt this amazing deck that was a very, very good card pool, I think you mean this was a... This was a uh, card pool that had you somehow been more focused or something, uh, you would have turned it into something good. But I don't think this is the kind of pool that the average person, average player was going to see it and find the jewels inside. And, you know, me, I give you credit just for looking at the green cards more than once because, you know, that's that's almost a, a, a problem that I'm having is I'm just not taking the green cards seriously. Right. And that's fine in draft. Just don't draft green. But in sealed, you better take every possible thing seriously. And I would have just been... I would have been discounting Kiora, and I would have been discounting... And you did discard the uh, the other rare, make make a token every turn. 
Right, from beyond, right. But if you'd been building that deck correctly, you would have, you know... That card was in the deck. I just didn't register it. You know what I mean? That's what I mean. Like, like it was. You saw it, but then you got you got in a hurry, and it didn't get the proper deck didn't get registered. Right. But you did really. You saw the bones of probably. I'm sure the correct deck. The correct deck out of that pool probably is blue, black, green, blue, green, black. Probably. I don't know. Anything involving swarm surge kind of just upsets me. But you know, me. but you do, but you don't. Uh, you don't have the standard excuse of good cards in every color, and you couldn't possibly trim it down to only two or three colors. You don't have. You're not telling that story. No, I don't tell too many stories like that. I usually find a reason why you know I could have what I could have done better. But it is super sickening to you know go. So I gotta, I gotta. So I'm losing round one, and now I gotta hand this crappy deck to my opponent at the beginning of round two, also before I can fix it. Yeah. Well, that's what I did all day in Vegas. I mean, I did that all day in Vegas in X2 day one. You know. Yep. Well, that's amazing. And you know, it's just about. It's really. But for example, how many card changes do you imagine you needed to make in this one? From game one to game two, I'm guessing six. At one point, at one point, uh, when, I, when I went into round two, actually, by the by the end of round one, I think I sideboarded out about including lands about sixteen cards. <laughs> so I went, I went extreme. I think I actually cut a color entirely and just went blue black. I think is what I did uh, after uh, after game two because I got to. I almost won round one. I just defended your green cards, and now you're telling me you took them I, out. I cut them out. Well, it was only for round one. Then round two, I, I got stomped, and I was like, yeah, this is not happening, basically. And so I just wound up... Uh, I wound up winning a fat pack, randomly. I opened a uh, Canopy Vista uh, expedition. A special Canopy yeah, Vista. Yeah, expedition. So that was cool, because that basically said... Well, you didn't completely waste your damn time. Right. And then uh, I, I won a random drawing. The only door prize. The only door prize of a Battle for Zendikar Fat Pack. So I got a little stack of lands. And fat Pack's worth between 40 and $70, it's depending a, on... It's nuts. Who's doing the selling? Crazy. And I actually opened a Gideon, because I was like, this day, I'm cracking packs. I just needed to, something for the pain. So I cracked them packs. I got a Gideon. So that was a good thing. Uh, so, you know, just, just a really bad, like, just a bad thing. I don't know. I just needed to focus. I needed to build, and I didn't do that. And my O2 drop record showed that. And I don't know. And it's one of those things where I still didn't come out of it hating the sealed format, despite having in this sealed format having no success in terms of like day twoing events top eighting events I haven't done any of that but I still love the sealed format like it still it still keeps posing interesting questions and keeps presenting new challenges I feel at almost every turn I still want to I want to compare Battle for Zendikar the only thing that reminds me of is Zendikar where where I, and, and that I've never seen a set since Zendikar where what you did in sealed deck was so different than what you did when you drafted. Right, and I'm back when uh, back when Zendikar came out, I didn't even really draft much at all, so I don't really have a clue about 
what the draft format was supposed to look like. I maybe drafted it a couple times, but... Well, in Zendikar, the funniest thing is that you could draft it, and there were plenty of different... There were plenty of archetypes worth drafting. But in Sealed Deck, when you when it was a random assortment, the only decks that won were red-black. Huh. That's very, very weird. But the I guess it has a lot to do with your commons and uncommons. It has to do with 2-3, Nighthawk, Vampire. Yeah, yeah. Um, that... That uh, every every deck that would make it to the top eight of a sealed PTQ that season was a red black deck. Or, or okay, six out of eight of them were red black main decks, and you could name a whole bunch of the same cards that are going to be in every one of those because you uh, it was it was the hurdle. The, if you couldn't beat a red a good a decent red black deck in sealed, probably because you. You have built one yourself, then you weren't gonna you weren't gonna go very far. While in booster draft, you know when you were more focused, you could do you could uh, fully explore the set. Well, that's not what's happening in BFZ, but I would say that what they have in common is that the seal is just to me it's just very very different. I have I am not doing great. My win my wins and losses um, in sealed BFZ are much worse than my record in booster drafting the set where you can get cozy with one or two archetypes and draft the hell out of it and you know be successful in sealed you've got to use a lot more of your brain and and these cards are so crazy and the synergy is so important in the different strategies beyond just getting the colors to go together I think that I'm being too conservative and not getting, not using that third color often enough. For example, yeah. in sealed deck, yeah. I think that's happening to me. So I'm not getting a, I'm not getting the power level that I need, considering the weird ass assortment of cards you have to use in order to win in a typical sealed in Battle for Zendikar. Yeah, and actually that was something that I really tried to do tonight in the team draft was really for one tried to draft green a little, you know, I did, and I tried to draft a three-color deck and kind of keep my mind open, where I'm very disciplined, very two-color all the time, and I really tried to go into three colors, and, you know, experiences like the one I had on Sunday really do, you know, push me back into super conservative mode. But I didn't want to let that affect me because I know the deck was there. I just couldn't. I just couldn't piece it together. Well, I want to give you a compliment. Uh, you were you were complimented. They didn't name you. They didn't know they were talking about you. Uh, but they were they were giving you a compliment, and I knew as soon as they started talking about this process that I don't use very well, but you do in sealed. I knew they were talking about you, and that was on the other. Uh, popular podcast that's available that has to do with playing sealed deck and limited formats. Um, and those two guys were talking about how important it is that you be prepared to radically change your deck. That, that yeah, you did build for your sealed deck. You did build your best possible deck for all comers when you don't know what the other guy's doing. But that you're supposed to, um, you, you, if you have the knowledge and the experience, you're supposed to understand what the other guy's deck is trying to do, and then, and then when you go to game before you go to game two, whether you won the first game or not, you're supposed to be open-minded enough to potentially change the whole thing, go a completely different direction, literally switch in that other deck, 
that a yeah, completely separate deck, or just as often switch out an entire color. And I am never comfortable doing that in sealed, but you are. Yeah, and it's something I used to never be comfortable doing before. Um, it's something I used to actually kind of make fun of people for doing. Well, I still I'm like, do. I'm like, I'm like, why do you have two decks? Just pick a deck. You know? And like, why can't oh, you... When, when a guy beat me with one deck and then changes his deck and then I win the next two games, I can't believe what a fool the guy was. But he may very well have been doing the right thing that he spotted. Uh, you know, he knows that this other deck is actually better suited for beating my deck. And the fact that he won game one, well, that's just a bonus. Right, and that's yeah, that's he, the thing. Is sometimes you got to steal game. You change ones. your deck in order to have the best possible chance to win the next game, not just stick with what worked in game one. Right, so right. You might have gotten lucky. Right. Well, uh, you did not get so lucky in uh, on Sunday. So, wh- right. what happened with your uh, sealed deck experience? Well, I really thought I, I got to say that what I want to, what I always want to play is I want to play a really slow blue and white deck. It could be flyers, and it could be just a little bit of white and a whole bunch of blue to void, too. But I want to play a super slow deck, jam up the ground, give a bunch of creatures minus six, minus O enchantments, and play some O six walls so that I got the time to then play the fun things that cost six, seven, eight, nine, and so I can put big flyers in the air. I like to do that. Or, in Booster Draft, or Booster Draft, but not so much sealed, I love red, black, everything is colorless, even the damage spells are colorless, and, um, and get incredible synergy that can also be fast, and, and where plus two, plus so, give all your colorless guys first strike, um, that you, that you were playing in your sealed mm-hmm. is is actually really really good an actual super aggro deck but in sealed I don't ever seem to usually get to put that together so so the archetype that made the most sense for mine was uh, black white allies <clears throat> I got I got two healers I've got uh, um, it's terrible normally you know you'd want to have your list right in front of you and you could talk about all the good stuff but do not read lists and drive that is <laughs> important lesson but there was some decent synergy but i but two things first the pool was just only it was only so good it didn't have the you know the rares my rares were i had i had uh, four rares in my deck but three of them were non-basic lands and two of those non-basic lands wouldn't have been in the deck except it except my deck is black and white but because i have a blue white land and a uh, black blue land. I felt like I could free splash blue a little tiny bit, so I put in two infiltrators because uh, and two islands to go with these two non-basic lands, so that I could realistically play an infiltrator on turn three. And I just felt like it was a better three drop than some of my defensive cheap creatures that weren't very good. And I kind of fell in love with some six drops that. Uh, had processor synergy, but that meant that you really did need to kind of, that even meant more that I needed that splash color for the infiltrators. Right. And the better deck was probably no blue, no six drops, and those, uh, that gave me, that would have been five slots that I was going to have to fill with kind of awful cards like, like 2-2, sacrifice to get rid of an enchantment. 2-2, two, two, Flyer for White and 2. I don't think that's an awful Well, not card. awful, but, you know, but not necessarily what you would call win conditions. But with those cards, I would have been able to play one copy of Gideon's uh, Instant, White, White, and yeah. 2. And maybe one copy of Plus 2, Plus O. Oh. 
first strike for your devoid creatures, even though this deck wouldn't have had very many of them. See, I've, I'm I'm different on Shadow Glider. I would play Shadow Glider if I'm in white. I would play it ten times out of ten. No, it isn't. It isn't, and it was in the first cut, but but that's where I got clever. You know, thinking I'm going to get I'm going to take out a couple of less amazing creatures to get these two benthic infiltrators in because I do have processor synergy later, and it would be neat. Like I've got well, another rare in my deck is black and three. Uh, three two give a minus three minus three minus three. That's to only something. a black and two, isn't it? Oh, black and two. You're right. To give minus three minus three, if I can give them back a card from exile. But I could have done that even without the blue because I had two copies in, of uh, uh, complete disregard that, ah. were, that that luckily I put into the main deck. Right. And so there was every chance in the world that I would have been able to do one of those first, and then and then uh, wipe somebody out. And, Two for one on with the with a minus three minus three enter the battlefield thing. Right. We're gonna turn it to the next light. Anyway, but the deck was the deck was a lightweight. I built it mostly correct. I uh, went one and two, and the two people that beat me, I mean they beat me with just very average, just put creatures on the board. And the thing is, I'm I'm trying to get by with the black white life link synergy. I take it back. I guess I've only got one um one healer and two copies of one three tap to gain a life and they're helping me put make two different copies of the four five ally make him fly mm-hmm. after you gain life yeah i've also got i've also got one copy of two one uh get a temporary gain plus one plus one when you gain life as well as a copy of uh, get a counter forever when you gain life. Um, mm, yeah. Non-flying vampire. Right. That's pretty good synergy, and it didn't always just. You know, when it, it turns out when you lose matches, no matter what your deck is, probably your deck didn't do amazing things because you lost. It doesn't, right. it doesn't mean your deck is wrong. It just means uh, it must not have worked very good because you lost. Well, that's what. That's exactly. That's what happens. The cards didn't come up, and and so what I've got is stupid one three guy when what you need is a threat. Right, right. You better, I think, uh, I'm a little, even though I think this deck had a lot of synergy, I think you might even need to have more before you can afford to play two guys that don't do anything but tap to gain one life. Healer's always good if you've got enough allies. Yeah, I think that, like, one of the problems with drafting as much as we have and not having as many opportunities to play sealed Right. Is that we're taking a lot of sealed co- uh, draft mm-hmm. concepts and and valuing them just way too high in sealed, like like synergy. Like synergy yeah, is great. I totally agree with that. And synergy is is good, and synergy is useful. But I think that sometimes like just pull over here. Yeah. Oh, okay. And but I think that sometimes synergy is not as important as just raw power level of certain cards. You know, like like in my pool that I had, like as much as I said, you know, oh, I don't, you know, care about or or the red or I didn't play red and red wasn't good in my pool. I actually had in my red, I had a touch of the void, I had an outnumber, I had the 4-3 ally, I had like the 4-3 trample ally. Um I had the uh, the four two the belligerent whiptail like I had a bunch of things that like could have been just fine in red if I were to use red as a third color, but I was like, well, I don't they don't 
do anything together. You know what I mean? That's where my brain goes. My brain goes, well, what is it doing together? It's not, there's no synergy there. And I think that, like, a lot of, like, I mean, like, just like the, the Tajuru Beastmaster, there's a 5-5 five, five for 6. Like, you just play it, and it's huge. You have creatures, it pumps them real quick, and then I'm you... I'm finally coming around. you got to play that guy. you got to play... Warcaller, oh, War build Caller. that deck when you when you see Warcaller, yeah. even though but it's a two one. Now build that deck. Have other allies that you can play after you play the two one. Yeah, don't yeah. just chump block with him after you've attacked with everybody. <laughs> right, um, right. Leave somebody else to block with if you're going to need a blocker. You're not throwing away the two one. He's not just good the turn you play him. He's good the next turn when you play a terrible little two drop ally mm-hmm. and then still have mana left to do something else. Right, right. But I think that, like, a lot of the problem and, like, what the, the thing that... The reason why I feel like I haven't been able to break through on this, on this sealed format is because of just the utter lack of sealed, competitive sealed events. Right. Where, how on earth is it that we don't have, you know, the good old days... I understand we don't have PTQs like we used to, but wow, when you did... Every other PTQ season, so basically normally like three months at a time, yeah. you were playing in sealed deck qualifiers. Oh, such a good time. Oh, the the guy at uh, the top eight were then going to draft, and that's, and dude, that it's so important after you play sealed for X number of rounds. Yes, you're rewarded with how, you know, maybe lucky you were. You open amazing things that went together perfectly. Well, now you have to draft. No, you know, no one won a PTQ just because their sealed deck was great. Yeah, you got to a top eight, then you got murdered in the draft because you didn't. You, you know, it it really proved you didn't your know how to draft. Yeah. That's what happened to me in my right. only actual PTQ well, top eight. Meanwhile, a season ago <laughs> in the new system, they sent everybody to that you you did qualify for the regional. In you 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 played in the PPTQ season that you could have played either standard or. Or sealed, I guess. Uh, but the with the knowledge that that regional event was going to be sealed deck only. But then, and boy, in the in the in the paperwork at first, that the top eight was going to be draft as it has to be. And then Wizards backed off and let um, regional because you know it's those regional guys don't make any money running the regional PTQ. Um, anyway, one after another um, decided on the day of the regional to uh, play their Swiss rounds, and then when they got to the top eight, gave everybody the bad news, yeah, you're going to just keep playing your sealed deck in the top eight. It's crazy. It's completely crazy. <laughs> and that's it. You know, that's not how sealed deck works. Sealed deck is, is a test of doing one thing, and then when we get to the top eight, we want to make sure the best player wins, so we have to draft so that you didn't just, just you know, you could open. People do give too much credit to luck and the and what you open as to who will win sealed deck but um still there is something to it and you still have to build a deck yeah but you just don't want you know you don't want one guy to open that opened really really well to just be able to own the whole thing that's why you know day two of a gp booster draft right right way that's the way top eight of in the olden days a limited pro tour Booster draft, the top eight of original sealed deck PTQs, booster draft. Right. I feel like they're really de emphasizing limited. Limited is, yeah, is, um, right, it's fading. And it's a problem. It's a problem. It's a I big think it's problem. a big problem. 
And, uh, you know, but I think that, like, just with this season in the rear view almost, because there's no more Grand Prix to look forward to, we've got one more sealed event next month at Common Ground Games, and props again to Common Ground Games for throwing themselves out there and doing sealed every month, you know, because nobody else was doing it, and they started doing it. It's just great. Right, and we were lucky in the Dallas area. We have, you know, uh, Madness in Plano kind of started the ball rolling four years ago of making sure that when when, it's, when stores started having a second F&M every Friday night, and their second F&M every Friday was sealed deck with very low prizes, but with a inexpensive enough ticket 20 bucks to get in play sealed deck and you could still win friday night magic foils without an expectation of other prizes other people followed suit including common ground games and and we're like even you know the little store next to my house that i get i've got a little bit my fingers on just a little bit at that store made sure that made sure that the first friday of every month we play sealed deck fnm it's great uh, to try to keep sealed deck alive right. but it's a, but fnm is different you're just going to play you know in most cases you're going to play four rounds with your sealed deck then it's just over you're going to hand out some prizes it's not the same as when you had a season of ptqs and even but but pptqs are extremely unprofitable for stores to run sealed deck it's not like the olden days where wizards um Wizards uh, helped out. They uh, there's a word for it. Uh, the price support. Well, they um, um, starts with an S, I think, and you pay to make sure. Uh, I don't know. They 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 uh, provided sealed product for a certain amount for that you know that they could kind of control to make sure a TO didn't use it and then just sell the materials. You had to you had to be able to prove how many players you had, but they would they would. Um, they would give you at a very lower rate, a much lower rate, the materials needed to run a sealed deck tournament because they knew that, you know, duh, you clearly can't run a sealed deck tournament and charge the same thing that you do for a constructed tournament if you, the TO at the store, have to pay your regular rate on all the booster packs. And that's unfortunately the way it is now. Right. So stores, stores that, the same store that can run a PBTQ for $25 for constructed, well, they need to charge 35 or 40 for a sealed deck PBTQ to maintain the same prize level. Right, right. Nobody wants to play one of those things all day, get in fourth right. place and get... Yeah, packs. and so guess what happens? They did it. They weren't very successful. They also the stores didn't make much money. The players were bummed. So the next time it comes around, uh, I guess we'll do the other format. We'll do the constructive one where we'll clearly make money. Like pretty much everybody did that, right? Like everybody did. That. There's no, so, there's right. No, so this yeah. last season, no BFZ, not one. There was one, and they changed it to standard oh, and moved I mean. the date. It right. was so frustrating. So we ended up with in in a in this massive you know area that we live in that had. Uh, this pre this season that's just ended this last weekend, there must have been um, 14, 12 or fourteen PPTQs uh, over that three month period. Not one of them sealed deck. Yep, and it's a disaster. It Lame sucks. It sucks. Um, but what I realize, I hope other people are bummed about it the way that we are. Yeah, no, for real. Um, what I realized was that you know not having enough experience in the sealed format affected me, affected my play in Atlanta, affected my play in Madison. I didn't have the reps going into that. And I think that like the reality is until the system changes, 
they do the Phantom Sealed right. on Magic gonna, Online. It's make you go to Magic Online. Just gonna have to like... start grinding Phantom Sealed because they won't even do. They won't even leave it open as a permanent like queue option where you can just sign up for Sealed. You keep the cards. Right. It's always it's just Phantom Sealed. So just gonna have to grind Phantom Sealed and just start really like. In like next season two, when it's coming up for Albuquerque, like really just grind Phantom Sealed as much as possible. Now I want to throw one more thing out here, and we, I was going to say we were going to save this as a totally different topic, but I, but I think I can do it succinctly and quickly. Sure, sure. Um, I didn't do it for BFZ because I guess I didn't think Sealed was going to matter enough because we didn't have any PPTQs, and I wasn't going. Unfortunately, I didn't go to Atlanta and I didn't go to Madison. But what I've done in the past is. I make a I make a draft cube, um, and a, the, a, to me a draft cube means that the cube has to be the, the cube has to result in in fake repacked boosters that are realistic representations of what you would really get when you open these packs. You mean like an expedition? No, not including expeditions. Just the regular cards for the set. When you do that, you've got to build a you've got to build a cube out of um, you very easily do this with one. You gotta get have one of every rare and mythic. You gotta have probably two. Some people would even do it with four of every uncommon, and then something like four, six, or eight of every single common. And then you gotta be willing to churn those up and sort them into realistic booster packs that you then put into little cardboard boxes and then wait for your friends to show up. But even though it's a huge hassle and everything. But then what we were able to do, I have this built right this minute for Modern Madness, I mean, I mean, um, Modern Masters 2013. I have this built right this minute with, wow. with 50 booster packs. Oh, that's cool. And every rare is represented. But there's more than 50 rares in Mythics. Yes, that's true. But I've got a system so that if we use some, the, the ones that are unused, in, if we played Sealed Deck tomorrow, we would then change some out so that the next time someone played with that cube, they could easily hit those other rares. And right, things. right. But what it does is that gives you a way to practice. Me and Lawson, um, the 16-year-old that lives in my house because of contractual obligations based on him being my son. Uh, he, he lives at my house, so uh, we would play sealed every single day. We would rip open, we rip open. We, by the way, these little cardboard boxes that hold our pretend rebuilt boosters that are realistic, realistic with how many of per color. There's obviously no duplicates, no duplicate commons. There could be with a foil. Well, we don't do that. No duplicate commons, no duplicate uncommons. Um, but they're very realistic boosters so that you can, without spending the money, you can play sealed deck every single day. They're realistic enough to play sealed with. That's In fact, cool. they're even more realistic for sealed than they are for draft because, um, because you would, uh, com a computer would never be able to figure out my repacks, six of them opened at a time, weren't exactly the mix that you would get from six booster packs. But anyway, it's just an idea. Yeah, a draft a draft cube instead of powered cube this and legendary cube that and one of all of your one of eight hundred different cards that are all rares that you just always <laughs> love you know, that don't really go together. Um, you know, a draft cube says I want to imitate playing uh, BFZ, for example, every single day, and I want to do it over and over again, and I want to have to pay any more money. Yes, there's a huge setup; it takes all day long to build one of these. Yeah, but then you play sealed for free. Me and my kid played, uh, I wish I could think of uh, how many different 
big sets in the fall that came out that I did this for. Now, it's a little messier once a second set comes out and you want to have realism yeah, of multiple yeah. sets going together. But when you're trying to crush uh, a main one, like the last time I did it was for Theros, and I qualified for the Pro Tour. So, you know, so uh, it helped. We we played so much sealed. It's And again, just that thing, pushing the button on Magic Online and playing a million drafts will not teach you how to play sealed deck they're right. not the same thing they're absolutely not it sucks that we don't get more sealed it's such a good test such a good test of skill obviously you and me were at detroit and i like to brag that i've i've, I've seen no better test of true magic skills than team sealed yeah it really was and you could tell from the talent that was in the final four of that grand prix that um you know that what sealed no sealed's all luck no it's just not it's just not you guys now some sets if your set has a whole bunch of fireballs in it yeah you're adding luck to the format if your set is incredibly bomb dependent you can't win a sealed deck without a super bomb because everyone's going to have a super bomb you know that can be kind of bad B of Z kind of looked like that initially. It looked it did. Like, because you know First Ulamog yeah. or you know Yeah, you see those things and you start going, oh man. Right. But it, but we learned pretty quickly now it's a very specific deck that can get up to those high casting costs and there's prices to be paid in order to steep ones. Do that, right. So so um, it's it's so much more skill intensive than people know. And you know, typically the way you can get someone to agree with sealed being skill intensive is you know, um, talk to whoever wins the sealed tournament. They they think it's very skill intensive. The guy that went on to, of course, it's total luck. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. That's right. That's exactly right. Nobody with a winning record in sealed thinks that sealed is skill intensive. That's right. Unless you're guys yeah, like us who have done it enough times right. to know that sometimes it's just not your day. <laughs> sometimes you just don't see the the bigger picture or, right. or the smaller picture even because you're too focused on the bigger picture. Constructed magic is great and you can study the internet and you can build a deck and you can get really, really good with it and hone it and everything. But you want to go MacGyver and you want to, you know, build a cannon, you know, out of a rubber band and a, you know, plastic water bottle and yeah. perform a science experiment and create your own explosives or something. That's what sealed is. And that's that's something that you do with sealed that you do better than me is you go into MacGyver mode and put together the weird pieces that, I, I don't know that might be kind of an outlier. And I'm and me, I I admit it, I'm trying to kind of fill in the spots. I'm I'm really trying to build the best draft deck I can out of my six boosters. Right. A lot of times. Right. And that definitely happened on Saturday. I mean on Sunday. But yeah, so I think that, you know, I'm just gonna have to figure out a way to practice more. Um, I don't know, you know, we got Houston in a couple months. Standard. Standard. So we don't have to worry about it then. You're not going to Mexico. No, I'm, I'm not going to Mexico. Not going to Mexico City. Um, DC looms in March. DC, I am going. Teams with with uh, two sets. Yep, that's right. That's gonna be weird. And then uh, Albuquerque is sealed, and then I think it might just be. I don't know if it's gonna be Oath or if it's gonna be the new set, whatever the new set is. Right. Uh, Shadows over Innistrad. I don't know if it's. I think it might be. I think it might be Shadows sealed. It might be the first mm. thing using shadows. That's lovely. <laughs> well, I'm going to that. That's lovely. Yeah. Well, you know, you need a navigator. You just let me know. Yeah, well, Peter Lee wants to go. Oh, sweet. Awesome. Awesome. Well, good. Awesome local type. 
awesome stuff. Well, I'm going to go in because I have to be at work in five hours. So I'm going to go in, but um, let's just wrap it up here. Uh, we are not recording next week. There will be no taps next week. There will only be two episodes in December, one on the 11th and one on the 18th. There's holidays. There's stuff. It's a busy time of year. We're taking a, We're going to keep a light schedule next month, so just keep that in mind. Uh, but tune in for the ones we have, and we'll have, to, we'll have some good stuff for you. So that's all we have for this week. Until next time, we are YoMTG Taps. You know, my advice would be to stop bitching and start brewing. I think it's sound advice. Yeah, yeah, we're on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, the album's already done. Yeah, yeah, collect the funds before we do these shows. Gotta go on a press run. Yeah, yeah, we're on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, the album's already done. Yeah, yeah, collect the funds before we do these shows. Gotta go on a press run. Yo, the rhyme pays more eyes once I ride through the doors. Yo, MTG Taps is available every Friday on LegitMTG.com, IWantMyMTG.com, MTGCast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, BrainLink, Telegraph, and via Passenger Pigeon at PigeonCast.com. Questions, comments, or free sticker requests that I will hopefully one day get around to can be sent to YoMTGTaps at gmail.com. The intro music is the song Press Run by the amazing Baltimore MC You'll Never Know and is produced by W. Additional background music produced by Logic Marsalis. Purchase all of their music at magneticmoments.bandcamp.com. That's magnetic with a K. Seriously, purchase all of their music. Find us on Twitter and Facebook to guarantee infinite happiness forever. Finally, make sure to check out my weekly limited stream, Head Games with Big Head Joe, every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash legitmtg. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.